Hi everyone, and welcome back to Fast Charge. I'm your host Dom, joined as ever by Toddy and Lewis. And then in the hot seat this week, we have Adam beaming in all the way from 8 a.m. in sunny California. Very, you, very early, and my chair is not that hot today. It's <laughs> quite cool, quite comfy. Thank you. <laughs> Give it some time to warm up. All right, uh, we are going to get straight into things today. So our main story today, of course, is the Asus Zenfone 8 and 8 Flip launch. Uh, this week's big announcement, a pretty weird pair of phones in a lot of ways, and not that similar. So it's kind of interesting that they're there together as the same series. We're going to use that to springboard into a chat about small phones and whether we're seeing a sort of resurgence of the mini form factor because the standard Zenfone 8 is pretty petite, actually. And then finally, we're going to turn to all things nothing. The company has kind of announced its first product, uh, the Nothing Ear One headphones. Uh, but they've said, well, nothing about them. Uh, we're going to kind of turn to what nothing are doing, what this strategy is, and whether this kind of drip feed of information model, which feels pretty familiar to OnePlus fans, uh, whether that's going to hurt or help nothing as it actually tries to bring uh, its first product to market sometime soon. One, one could say w whether nothing has anything. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. It is up in the air. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first up, a few little fast bits of news to run through. We've had a few actual launches this week. Uh, one is a sort of good news, bad news situation for Sony Xperia fans. The Xperia 10.3 uh, has finally actually launched in the UK and Europe at least. It's £399 in the UK. I think it's €429. Euros in, uh, it's at least launched in Germany. I'm not sure if it's all the way across Europe just yet. Um, the bad news bit is that then we've had, there was a leak that the Xperia 1.3 and 5.3 aren't going to launch until the end of August. Uh, you may remember that Sony promised they were coming in early summer. I would really challenge their definitions of the word <laughs> early and summer if August 29th falls within it. Uh, but there you go. If you want a 10.3, you are in luck. If you want either of the actual proper flagships, you might have longer to wait than you thought. Uh, another launch this week, or kind of announced today, is the ZTE Axon 30 Ultra, which we talked about a few weeks ago on the show. Uh, it launched in China a little while back. It's the one with a triple 64 meg camera setup. Uh, that has now, uh, they've announced today that it's going to go on pre-order worldwide in a couple weeks' time, with prices starting from £649 or €749 Euros or dollars which actually is a bit of yeah. a steal for what you're getting, yeah. we think. This is a really high-spec phone. Um, we'll sort of, I know Lewis has one at the moment. We're not ready to give an actual review of it or talk through what we think, but hopefully at some point we'll be able to run through that on the show and give you some proper thoughts on whether it, how it stacks up, because I know ZT is a brand that a lot of people maybe don't know so well or don't know the phone so well and are a bit hesitant to buy from. Uh, the other launch this week actually isn't phones at all, but Amazon has updated its Echo Show 5 and Echo Show 8 uh, sort of smart home, smart displays. The interesting thing here is basically that the Echo Show 8, but not the 5, um, has a digital version of the camera tracking tech that they put in the updated Show 10. The 10 is the biggest model. That's actually like motorized, so it will follow you around the room and then zoom and crop uh, when you're on webcams. The 8 has no motor, so it won't move but it's basically doing something much more like what Apple has done with the center stage tech it put in the new iPads, where it's just digitally going to kind of crop and pan and zoom uh, as you're on a video call. 
So yeah, that's a kind of small update to the shows, but I think that seems like it makes sense that they're trying to roll this out in a way that's more affordable than cramming actual yes. moving parts into their smart display. Uh, Bigger news that's not tied to an actual phone, I think kind of one of the more exciting things this week is the news that the US has kind of uh, walked back its uh, attempts to blacklist mm. Xiaomi, uh, which I think is probably good news for anyone, really. Uh, but yeah, you may remember, basically, the US, one of Trump's last acts in office was to throw Xiaomi on a, on a blacklist and declare that it was a, a company kind of owned and affiliated with the Chinese military system. Uh, Xiaomi did not take that lying down. They basically kind of immediately sued the U.S. government. Uh, that has played out in the uh, back room somewhere over in the U.S. And the result now is that U.S. has basically just kind of quietly said, yeah, okay, we're not, <laughs> not going to do that anymore. Um, they haven't declared publicly that Xiaomi is not owned by the Chinese military, but they're equally not publicly saying that it is uh, and no longer demanding that U.S. investors withdraw their investments which uh, will be good news for anyone kind of interested in putting money into it, I guess, but also just good news for hopes that Xiaomi will actually get a chance to work its way properly into the US market, which I think would be a very good thing for the US market at least. Um, they do, I can see Adam pulling a skeptical face mm -hmm. there. Uh, they do sell things like some of their trackers, like the, the new Xiaomi Mi Band 6 is on sale in the States. So bits of the Xiaomi ecosystem do sell there. Uh, phones, I know, are a bigger ask. I, I, I mean, as the, the lone uh, American here, <laughs> I'll say that, uh, and, and phone lover, you know, I, I have a, a Xiaomi phone, the, the Mi 11i uh, in, I, I, I used it for a couple days and, you know, I, I like phones. I like messing around with a bunch of different phones, but the average American, I still think the biggest hangup is <laughs> they're going to look at that name and be like, how do I even say that name? <laughs> do I want that phone? Mm, I'm going to stick with Apple or Samsung. I like, I, I still think their biggest hurdle right now is just going to be the name uh, to tell you the this truth. Reminds <laughs> me of a few years back where Huawei went out of the oh, way yeah. and made an actual campaign where they were stopping people on the street in London and getting them to try and pronounce Huawei and how they would pronounce it. That was the whole thing. They could do the same. Jamie could do the same in the U S so it'd be a brilliant watch. I actually, that, yeah. <laughs> That could be fun. Make it a make it yeah. a fun challenge. Uh, but yeah, as, as it stands, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope more competition would be better. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm skeptical. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's going to be a while before we see any of those big Chinese brands make a really really consistent play in the states. Uh, if nothing else, because in the American market, you've just got to get inroads with the carriers uh, in a way that's not quite as true in Europe. Um, last little bit of news to talk about before we head into the show proper is MWC Mobile World Congress, uh, normally the biggest trade show in the phone calendar, uh, cancelled last year because of COVID, postponed this year because of COVID. It's meant to be taking place next month. Uh, it's still on officially, but this week Samsung announced that it will not be taking part physically in the show, but it will be taking part digitally, which sounds a lot like saying it's not <laughs> taking part, in all honesty. Um, I last year we kind of saw the first brands announce and it all snowballed and we saw a lot more people pull out. Uh, we've already had a few other big, big names pull out of this year's show, but this is the first actual handset company, I think, uh, other than Sony. I think Sony had also said, but I do wonder if with Samsung announcing that they're not going to turn up to Barcelona, this may be the start of seeing quite a few more brands uh, also decide that it's just not worth the risk. So keep an eye on that. Um, but don't expect a big MWC uh, bonanza of news like we might normally get in a February. 
Okay, let's turn to the Zenfone. So uh, I'm going to pass over to Lewis, I think, briefly, because I know he's covered this launch a bit more than me, though I was watching the announcement last night. Um, but basically, Asus has announced the Zenfone 8 and the Zenfone 8 Flip. Um, it's They had a pair of phones <laughs> last year as well, because they had a 7 yeah. and a 7 Pro. But this is a completely different pair of phones to last year. Because last year, like both phones had the flipping camera module and the Pro was just a fancier schmancier version of that. This year, it's kind of weird. You'd think maybe the 8 was the basic model. But actually, on paper, it's got better specs than the Flip in a mm -hmm. lot of areas. But it's smaller and it doesn't have the flipping camera module. The Flip is more expensive, it's bigger, has that fancy camera, but it drops quite a few other specs so that the regular 8 feels more like the flagship even though it costs less than the yep. flip. Well, actually, they, they did say it, that was the <laughs> flagship. That, that was, they came yeah. out and said, hey, this is, <laughs> this is our main phone. Their right official now. position is the, the 8 is the flagship mm -hmm. Zen phone. The flip is the more expensive but simultaneously less yeah, premium really offering. It's, it's a really curious flip. line to try and tow. <laughs> it's... Um, with, with, the, with the flip model specifically, um, if you look back at the Zenfone 7, it's near identical to it. Um, so I think what's happened is that they, you know, the limited release of the Zenfone 7 series last year meant that nobody really saw it, nobody got it. You know, if you type in Zenfone 7 review on Google, there's nothing. It's just the pro model that got reviewed. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they've just, they were like, well, we've got all these parts and units somewhere in a warehouse. Can we just, you know, stick an 888 in it and yeah. put a fingerprint <laughs> scanner in the display and call it a new phone? And because that's how it feels. You know, I I didn't see the seven. I saw the six and I loved the six. The, the first with the flip module. I thought that was, a, you know, it's a game changer for people that like taking selfies and you get the high quality video on the front. So for that kind of creative nature, it's really exciting. Uh, and yeah, skipping the seven, I was really looking forward to seeing the eight. I thought, well, they're going to have taken this to you know the next level. But even compared to the six, it's basically the same. Nothing's really changed in the last couple of years in that. Um, and, you know, they stuck an extra, they put an extra sensor on it. But then, for a phone that's so focused on photography, it's not even got the best cameras of you know of the two Zen phones. So it's just a really confusing proposition this time around. And I just feel like it's just, they, yeah, they wanted to shift some units and still say, we have got a flipping phone. You know, that is still our thing, but we don't really care about it so much anymore. Because <laughs> uh, as I understand it, they have both have three cameras, obviously, on the flip. They're all on the back and then can all be on the front, whereas on mm -hmm. the standard model, it's one on the front, two on the back. Yeah. But they're different actual, the actual camera sensors are different as well, or are the, the same sensors just in a different uh, arrangement? The two sensors, uh, the two rear-facing sensors are also on the flip model. Um, with the exception that there's no OIS on the That's flip model. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the standard model has uh, OIS, the flip has EIS, so electronic image stabilization. Uh, and the, the cool thing about the uh, standard Zenfone 8 is that the front-facing camera is the, it's the first to use the new IMX. Oh, I wrote this down somewhere. 663. 633, yeah? Yeah, 663. It's got a new selfie camera, and it's the first in the... <laughs> <laughs> it's the best yeah. on the market to, to feature that, so that's always nice. And it's got dual PD autofocus, uh, so you don't have that fixed focus um, annoyance with the selfie camera. Um, but yeah, obviously the big the mate. It is interesting that they've gone big on the selfie camera on that one too, given that obviously that is then the selling point of the flipping camera module for the flip is purely yeah. it'll make your selfies better or your or your front facing yeah. video better. That's 
essentially yeah. what the hook is. But I mean, um, it's clear that they wanted to kind of target the smaller smaller market, and that's why they've gone all in on the smaller model. Um, you don't what well, they were saying in in yeah. in the briefing that the only small screen phones that you get on the I should say on the Android side. Obviously, we've got the iPhone 12 Mini that's flagship level um, performance on on the Apple side, but on the Android side. Um, a lot of small screen phones are kind of tailored to the entry level market. Um, you know, quite slow, low res displays. You don't really get any of the fun, sexy stuff that you get on the flagships. Mm. Um, so that's kind yeah. of what Asus is going for this time. They 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 targeted kind of less than six inches. Um, even though, I, in my opinion, you know, they, everyone's talking about compact, compact. This is amazing, small screen phone. But five point nine inch is still a big phone. Like it's. I don't want to dwell on the small phone size thing too much yet because I think we're going to talk yeah. about it more later. Yeah, that's a fair um, point. But I mean, the thing to say on that is, I guess it, it it it's all those screen size things get thrown off by thinking about mm-hmm. bezels now, because if you the Galaxy S twenty last year was six point two inch, but with like no bezels, that feels like a very compact yeah. device actually. In in um, ratio, so too. it's hard to so, compare. I mean, and yeah, the ratio, yeah, yeah the, the yeah. taller, thinner aspect ratio. I think we it was used twenty twenty by nine. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, so Adam, you've you've actually had both of the phones, right? Because I know Lewis has the eight flip, and he's been playing around with that. But you got sent the the pair. Yeah, and I actually, so the um, only the standard eight, so the the smaller phone is releasing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But I I uh, I had actually not personally messed with any of the flips. Uh, I, I remember years ago, uh, an, another Android reviewer that, that we had uh, on staff did get one in, and so I, I played with it a little bit then, but I, I, I had never personally switched to it as my main device. So, you know, I had asked, hey, is there a way I can get a flip as well, even though it's not coming out in the U.S., uh, right. to, to do some coverage on it, uh, you know, and, and, and include it in, in some photography testing. And, and so I did end up getting both in, so thank mm-hmm. you, Asus. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the small one, I... I I've probably said this many times. Uh, <laughs> I I will use the biggest phone I can get my hands on. <laughs> so, you know, I I personally am not that interested uh, in the smaller phone, but I did switch to it. I did use it for for two days, um, as as my main my main phone, and it was actually refresh, refreshingly not that bad. I guess <laughs> that's I, what we're going for. Like to to have glowing a five stars aces. Well, and, and I don't, refreshingly not that bad. Yeah, I. I Sorry, I I don't mean that as like a, a for the phone necessarily. I mean it for like using a small yeah, sure. phone. Because for me, yeah. like a lot of times when I use a small phone or the small phones I've switched to, you, you usually can't scale the UI down small enough. Like I'm also I'm a person who likes the biggest phone that can scale the U, UI all the way down. Uh, and mm-hmm. so like the Asus, because it, you know it's closer to stock Android and uh, and whatnot, they. I was able to scale it really small. So I was, even though it was a smaller screen, I was able to fit a lot on there. Uh, so I think that helped some of my worries about switching to a smaller device. Uh, but man, that, yeah, like, especially after using the ROG Phone 5, which also has the 888, uh, you know, like it was, it was fast, it's snappy. Like the, the version I had had the, the full 16 gigs of RAM. And like, I mean, that thing. That thing was a beast. Did you <laughs> like? Because this is one. I'll say this is one of the um, the the <laughs> strange things about the Zenfone Eight and the Eight Flip is that the Zenfone Eight has sixteen gigabytes of RAM at, at max, and the Zenfone Eight Flip, you know, has half of that. It's eight gig capped out. Um, 
yeah yeah well i mean i i I think i think you're right i think it points to you know they 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 wanted to include it because that's a niche Mm -hmm. that they're known for but they didn't want to go uh all out the the eight is where they wanted to go all out and yeah i I, th- I think they succeeded. I mean, if if I was into small phones, I I would totally be uh, down for it. And especially the addition of the one-handed mode, yeah. where if you swipe down at the bottom, it it, it brings yeah. the whole screen, uh, a la the old uh, reachability is yep. that what they used to call it on on the iPhone. I was like, oh wow, this is actually this is this is a pretty uh, cool little feature. Uh, though I, I I did trigger it accidentally uh, quite often. Uh, on, on both devices, uh, but I don't know how deep you mm. went with the the comparison between the two models. But like, we, did you get a sense of this beyond size that with that extra RAM, for example, was it an inherently faster experience, or in day to day use would no one really notice? Was the camera better for having OIS in night? That kind of stuff. Did you see any of that? Or was it just too <laughs> yeah, I, too narrow a gap to really make a difference? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. So when I did get the end up getting the flip in, uh, which was uh, much later, uh, I, I did switch to that, and I actually did use that for for a number of days longer than than the, the normal Zenfone eight. And and I, yeah, I mean, day to day usage, not really. Um, I would say battery life uh, is is probably yeah. like the the difference, I guess. But I mean, the I mean, you talk about the OIS, like. Uh, I was also using the the Mi 11i from Xiaomi, and that doesn't have OIS on its main sensor. And when you don't have it, yeah. you feel it. Yeah. Like even even in daylight, you know. Like I I was taking photos of of my cat in my house, and we have a lot of windows, we have a lot of light pouring in. But there were certain photos where I'm like, dang, I got ham a uh, handshake mm-hmm. in that one. Like, geez, like you you feel that lack of mm-hmm. OIS. Like it, it is a bummer that it's it's not included on on the flip, but the, the Zenfone 8, I mean, I, I didn't dig super deep into the camera stuff. I, so I I think from my impression, at least the hardware was, was very capable. Uh, but it's their software that is, is probably lagging behind a little bit, uh, is, is what I get the sense of. But once again, on, on the, the flip, even, even a middling camera experience, as a selfie cam is still the best <laughs> oh, yeah. selfie cam you can 100%. get. So, you yeah. know, like, yeah, you're, you're sure you're taking a sacrifice. You don't have OIS, but if you're really into selfies, I mean, you, you can't, you can't beat it. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting touching on that and your points about uh, OIS is that question. We, none of us have had the chance to test it yet, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how closely you saw, but Vivo announced the Vivo V21 and V21 5G uh, I think two weeks ago. And the hook there is that they have OIS on the selfie mm-hmm. camera. Mm. Um, and it's a 44 megapixel lens. I can't remember what, what uh, sensor and aperture and all of that, but a 44 megapixel lens with OIS built in. Um, so there's going to be an interesting question there. I'd, I'd love to see sort of side by side between the, f- the flip and that in a way as these two cameras that have very different approaches to here's the best way to do selfies because... Uh, yeah, throwing OIS into the mix, I, I feel like just the pure lens is not going to match what you're getting on that, you know, the, and, and it's presumably a much smaller sensor than what, what you're finding on the flip here. Um, but throwing OIS into the mix will at least counterbalance some of that. Yeah, I mean, my my guess without obviously using that phone would be 
the uh, the eight flip would have a distinct advantage in larger sensor, more resolution. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably going to be a, a cleaner, crisper photo with more detail. Uh, but that that having that OIS, I mean, especially if you know you're doing the traditional arm out selfie thing, you, like that's where you get a lot of of handshakes. So, I yeah. I mean I I don't know maybe 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 it's one of those things at least for me where I'm like. I just accept the fact that selfie experiences are always going to be crap. So like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, eh, you know, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> sure. Like, uh, unless it's a major, major stride, like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I, I can get a clear shot, you know, uh, in, in darker situations with the OIS. Uh, then I, I'd be interested. But yeah, for me, the, the eight flip, like I said, even though it's it's not gonna blow anybody's socks off, like like being able to switch to it and take a couple selfies. I mean, I'm not a huge selfie person, but being able to take a couple selfies with my wife, you yeah. know, while we're out doing something, I was just like, oh dang, wow, yeah. this is yeah, this is a, a real camera uh, <laughs> that I'm taking selfies with. This it it is actually yeah, no, I'm 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 never gonna knock uh, selfie experience on it because it is so good. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I might rag on the rest of the phone, but this, you can't beat the flip camera module itself. is is a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's 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 like it's like refreshing. Like I said, I'm just I resign myself to the fact of like, oh man, selfie yeah. cameras are just not going to be great. But yeah, this was I was just like, oh wow, this feels. Have they have they kept the one touch panorama feature? Because I, I tested the yeah. six. I haven't used the Zen phone since the six, but that that feature was. It, it didn't cool. work very well in my experience in terms of like being able to stitch. The stitch was never very good, but it was just nice to be able to take oh, a really? panorama that quickly. Yeah, they've got um, a finer motor controls on the newer Zen phones, okay. so it's kind of 0.5 millimeters steps all the way around. Uh, I mean, I, I tried the AutoPano on the Zen Phone 8 flip, and yeah, I didn't notice any of that kind of issue, so I feel like that might have fixed it. Already some improved yeah. it, nice. Yeah, yeah, and and they have like the the set angles that you can can set to say, okay, you know, if if I'm going to hold my phone lower and want to get sure. a cool ground shot, I can I can still you know see the screen, yeah. but have the camera at an angle. It's it's cool. I mean, for me, it's like I'd have to I'd have to actively think to use it. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh yeah, I can do this because you're just not used to it. So I th- I think maybe you you get used to that. Uh, you know, uh, having it, switching it to, to your, your main thing for, for a long time. But honestly, the, the biggest knock I had just from a daily usability perspective was the, the fingerprint sensor. I, yeah, maybe I got weird fingers or something, <laughs> but the, the, the finger, I've always thought that about you. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, on both phones, the fingerprint sensor was just not super fast and not super accurate yeah. for me. Mm. Uh, and that, that especially, I mean the, the normal eight with the normal selfie cam, you, you could have the, the less secure, uh, face unlock, which I ended up kind of using, but the, the flip, the, the flip takes a little yeah. bit too long to use the face. Although it's unlock, funny to so, see it pop up. And be uh, like, Is it, yeah. I felt it there. So it lets you do <laughs> face unlock still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you got to wait for it to, to flip up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's that was mine. Did did you did you have any of those? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Louis, uh, I, I find that I mean, I don't know if this is a hack or whatever, but I feel like when a lot of people do their fingerprint like for fingerprint scanning, they will kind of go straight on, whereas I do it from the side where I'm actually going to hold the phone from, and I sure. tend to get more accurate results from that angle. Um, but with that said, yeah, I still got a lot of misreads on this. It, it's not the best by far. 
uh, which is even more awkward considering it's the first, it's one of the few changes compared to the Zenfone 7 is the in-display fingerprint scanner. It was on the side last year. So, um, I mean, the, the one thing I do like about the fingerprint scanner is that they've baked it into the operating system quite well. Uh, so when you tap a notification, you can just put your finger on the scanner and scan your thumb, which seems pretty obvious. But then I'm using another phone where when you tap on a notification, you just have to put your passcode in, even though there's a fingerprint scanner on the phone. So oh, that just right. seems, I mean, one of them is either Android oh, uh, and Aces has got it right or this other company has just got it very wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, overall, I, I liked it. I think it's a bit bulky. I think it's a bit heavy. It's 9.6 millimeters thick and 230 grams. Uh, so it's Oof, a it's a beefy boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially when you first pick it up, you're like, wow, there, there's a bit of heft to this. Um, but I don't know if that's the kind of thing. If you enjoy that kind of thing, then it's a great thing. Because I know, Adam, I know you like bigger phones. I like you. You don't mind the heft so much, do you? I mean, I, I, I felt it, but it wasn't like a deterrent for me necessarily. Mm. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask, did, did you try it with the... Um, uh, the uh, who who are they partnering with for the oh the the the, uh, the cases case. no I, uh, I I got one in the box which is just I think it's called their active case it's just a normal case for the for the phone with a little the the one that has like the little yeah the switch. lock yeah because I, I yeah I was I was I was like hmm, why have that yeah. lock there and then I didn't use it for a while and realized like the 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 camera module actually does shift ever so mm -hmm. slightly uh like you can kind of mm. sit there and, and wiggle it and you know like like feel the the little camera shake so i would catch myself like just fidgeting and like closing the camera all the way you just tap on uh, it let's just it, do that now it's just a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. do you just yeah it's exactly a yeah like it's it's just a little something going on there <laughs> it's, yeah it's kind of it's i don't sharing. know yeah it's almost like a, a little fidget <laughs> device uh, so I, I understand why they have the the uh, the the uh, the little locking mechanism there. No, but you're talking about the one where you flip open the case and the camera comes on. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't get that one, but that 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 did look yeah, interesting. It does uh, look fun. Yeah. Man, why can't I think? It's not Rhino Shield. I, I can't yeah, it's something along those lines. Yeah, it's one of the, the the major one of the major case manufacturers that they partnered with. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the one thing I guess I'm. Uh, what I'm kind of getting from the conversation here is I'm wondering how consumers who aren't clued up on the specs would see this. Cause I imagine the Zenfone 8 to the average consumer mm -hmm. just looks like another fat, like another phone because it is yeah. a candy bar. Whereas the, the flip is actually, you know, has the standout feature that you can like very clearly demonstrate. And it's a, a bit of a wow kind of, you know, first impressions yeah. it's more impressive. So yeah. I wonder whether come retail, whether the flip would actually do better. Um, over the regular model even if it's I, not at least i would say the regular model like i think they both are novelty i think the regular models the novelty is that it's so right. small like it like that yeah. it i mean and we'll get to it in a minute but we'll like that, like that sec, yeah. that is definitely definitely the thing that that they're going for and actually i i i, I I like I always say this on on, on these, but like I, I want to make a video like between between these phones, between the ROG Phone Five Ultimate this year. Uh, like I actually feel like ASUS is kind of gunning for what LG used to be. Mm. Like, yeah. like mm -hmm. you know, being like, hey, you know what? Here's here's an interesting niche. Let's let's try this. Like, let's not go for what everyone else is going for because we can't compete. Let, let's try to hit these other like niche markets, uh, and and relatively you know successful. I. They're they're not 
barn burners <laughs> or anything, but they like I, I think they 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 go for something, and I like that kind of like yeah. LG. Uh, I've I've always yeah. appreciated that about LG. So. I'd also say the regular eight. The other thing it's got going for it is the price. Yeah. I think this. I think it's pretty well positioned. It uh, starts from five hundred ninety nine euros, or, or the same in pounds. Uh, we don't have the U.S. pricing yet, but um, uh, I know the Verge reported that they'd been told it would be between five nine nine and seven nine nine in dollars. So that's the kind of range. Um, but either way, for for a Snapdragon eight eighty eight phone, one hundred twenty hertz display, pretty solid camera spec. I think that's a pretty like a decent price. And I'm sure you can find something that undercuts kind of it. But in terms of yeah. positioning, yeah, mm-hmm. sounds pretty good. No, I, I, th- I, I think, think I think it. Yeah, I think it has a solid story. Like I, I don't think it's it's overpriced. There is a reason to buy it, and we'll get to it in the next section. But mm-hmm. the the small phone lovers, like my wife had told me, she's like, oh, for a truly small phone, I would pay double the price. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's a good reason to, to jump that's to the okay. next and, and tackle the kind of the size question head on, because that is, you know, this is the thing Asus were really bullish about during the, the live stream presentation yesterday. They spent just the first five, 10 minutes of the show basically going on about the size of it why they picked that size, why they went small, why they thought there was a niche here that, as Lewis said, that just isn't being catered for elsewhere. Um, We've obviously seen it's not the only small phone. Um, Sony has, I know there were sort of rumors about there being an Xperia Compact this year that hasn't materialized so far at least, but they do have the 5 series and and the 5 Mark III coming out later this year, as I mentioned earlier, and that is essentially a smaller version of the 1 Mark III flagship. Um, and then obviously the, you know, small elephant in the room is the iPhone 12 mini, which is, you know, that was, that was a big statement by Apple when they came out and, and finally said, hey, we're doing a small iPhone um, to go along with the iPhone SE, which is also pretty yeah. dinky. There's um, a pretty important the, the, distinction between the small phones that are like small iPhone versus a small Android phone, because I think yes. manufacturers define a small Android phone very, very differently to how Apple sees a small phone. I believe... The iPhone 12 mini is a pretty, you know, there's, there's no kind of question about it being a small phone. Or it is a small phone by today's yeah. standards. <laughs> Some of the Android manufacturers that build their devices as smaller devices, I, I don't think they're really hitting the mark. Um, some do, no. but mostly it's a bit on the line to think about whether it's small or just kind of naturally sized for the average user versus large. It, it, it's, it's small versus not <laughs> yeah, big. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's kind of, you know, Lewis said 5.9 inches. That's not like what we really immediately maybe jump at and say that's a small screen. And I think, you know, with factoring of bezels, factoring aspect ratios, that is probably smaller than you might mm-hmm. think it is. But even so, yeah, like that, that's it's not small, small. This is definitely still like a decent chunk yeah. of phone. Well, um, and, and like I just said, I, I was trying to think about it because uh, whenever Apple had released their numbers and been like, hey, the iPhone 12 mini just isn't selling, you know, like yeah. gangbusters, like at least I thought because and I like I feel like maybe I'm in a weird bubble or something. But like I know personally, like uh, like five people who want like what the iPhone 4 was like to them mm. they're like they're like every phone no matter what is way <laughs> too big i want something super small and like i said my wife was like if i could get that again i'd t- i'd easily pay double like i don't need, it's not even about the price it just there's not even an option there uh so it it's interesting to see uh and 
you know, that, that the sales aren't there necessarily to, to keep driving it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I wonder with the iPhone side, there's been a lot of talk about, yeah, the, the fact that the 12 mini sales haven't been that great. There's a lot of speculation that there won't be a 13 mini or that if there is, that will be the last mini. And, you know, then maybe they were already too, too committed to the 13 mini to cancel it, but, but there won't be one beyond that. Um, the thing I wonder is how much the 12 mini just got cannibalized by the SE because that essentially means there are two small iPhones right now. And if you're someone who's looking for a small iPhone, you know, you might end up just saying, well, why don't I get the SE? It's just as powerful. It's even smaller or around the same size. And there are compromises there. Obviously the display is tiny. You've got the bezels, that kind of thing. But a lot of people even prefer that stuff. Um, and I suspect there's a crossover between the people who want a small phone and not being power users, you know, you're not wanting, you're not <laughs> as fussed that it's not the latest design and the latest tech or whatever. So you're maybe more likely to kind of hit that and go, well, I could save 200, 300 and, and get the SE instead. So and we know the SE is sold fantastically. So it, it may be in a way, I, I wonder if it's misleading to look at the 12 mini sales being bad and say, aha, there's no market for small phones after all, because the SE numbers are good. So that's a small phone. True, true. Yeah. And, and for me, I also think the the smaller market uh, is is definitely been underserved on the Android mm. side, at least where, you know, uh, like the, the when the people I talk to are like, well, I, I stick with iPhone because either they have the smallest option or I remember the glory days of the iPhone <laughs> 4 uh, kind of size. Uh, and even I, I asked my wife, I mean, she she had switched to Apple or switched away from Apple a while ago. And I was like, if Apple made an iPhone 4, size again would you switch back to 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 ios and she's like it would it would kill me but i i totally would you know like i said like i i think like and 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 she's also she's just like you know what i don't need like crazy specs i don't need anything like that i just need a good camera and 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 a nice experience you know that that lasts me through the day like yeah so i, th I think your power user things uh, right on the mark too which is what they always said of like oh well you know people want more bigger specs so the phone's got to be bigger to to maintain all this and yeah i'll i mean it's probably also uh margins too right uh <laughs> you mm -hmm. you throw in the you know bigger bigger specs bigger uh equipment you're probably able to make more margin on the, on the higher end stuff than the lower end stuff so that, that's another reason i think why why companies don't necessarily want to chase it because it, it's probably lower margin I was... there's also always the battery size issue when you go smaller you have a lot less room for battery and if, if you're still trying to put in mm -hmm. the latest chipsets and stuff like that your your power usage is staying the same your pooling is potentially worse because it's smaller so your battery might drain you and you kind of even have this bigger need for a, for a battery and you just do not have the space to put the to battery that point, in. So no one wants a small phone yeah, if it dies point, by midday. To that point, the clock back to 2019's Pixel 4, which was a pleasingly compact phone, yeah. but absolutely got awful battery-wise. <laughs> yeah, well, and actually that's what my wife, my wife's on a 4A. Which is a different know, story, so, I think. Yeah. Like, I think they... It, yeah. Different story, so, but, yeah, but she was on the 4 yeah. before that. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Yeah, and actually, I mean, one one other little twist in this: uh, there was a, a phone even smaller than the the iPhone four, the Palm. Do you remember the Palm sure. from uh, mm. years ago? Yeah, and <laughs> and I yeah I showed that to to my wife, and she's like, "Oh man, like give it to me!" Like <laughs> like, like, like she totally wanted it. 
Yeah, and I was like, hey, listen, I, I tried it for a little bit. <laughs> like, the battery literally lasts for, like, an hour and a half, maybe. And she's like, nah, I don't care. I want it. Uh, but it, it was, here in the States, it was Verizon exclusive at the Vodafone time. So, in the UK, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, but th- that was an interesting concept. That was like, hey, like, you literally want a Zoolander phone? Here you go. Well, they had to, they had to rework the UI because it was basically, I mean, you know, it's like when you have to, uh, if any of you have used Wear OS lately and try to type on it, there is a keyboard on Wear OS. It, it works surprisingly well for the tiny size, but it is not a way to, like, live your life as your, like, main no, communication yeah. device. And that's no. what the vote, the Palm had to do. I, I, yeah, I, I did like the, uh, the, the OS, the launcher. It was, was quite was cool, kind yeah, of for sure. Uh, it's kind of bubbles yeah, of icons. Yeah, but staggered yeah so i you know when when you said when you said oh we're, we're talking about maybe the, the some sort of small phone revolution i i would say it's still not small enough yeah. <laughs> from the <laughs> the feedback i'm hearing at least uh but that's also a, a very vocal crowd uh, my question is so. um is is part of it kind of the nostalgia of thinking about the old phones that you used to have and think oh do you know what yeah it was so much easier back and i could just hold it in my in my hand and i could reach the top of the display and stuff like that but then when you get a small screen phone in 2020 in 2021 after you know using these six inch phones for for years you realize that everything is tiny you can't fit anything on the screen at once because all the apps these days are designed for bigger screens uh and it's just not as good all round you know experience that's kind of my worry anyway as someone that hasn't used a small phone (laughs) i might mention it the other week my parents just currently moved house they emptied out their their attic and they dropped a bunch of uh, old tech off for me to sort through including mine and their old phones and it is nice. comical just how small nice. like the uis like we used to use and just typing on like you know with a t9 tech system but on oh, you know, t9 uh, i don't have any with me but like they're just in the other room but there's so many and it's just comical especially when i've got like the iphone 12 pro max it is oh, comical yeah. that is yeah. how like yeah, it really yeah, is. Cool, it's, it's it's incredible. Like you you could get you could get a smartwatch these days. Oh, easily. Make a yeah, than some <laughs> old sure. phones. And I think have. I mentioned that that <laughs> fact about the the resolution of an app, like an app icon on a modern yeah. iPhone, has more pixels than the resolution of the original yeah. iPhone screen, which is like I love that that Post, fact. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, one That's thing I funny. wanted to touch on that uh, that Adam mentioned earlier was the Pixel 4a because that actually to me is is maybe the counterpoint to this idea of like small phones are, are coming back this year because we've had plenty of leaks about the Pixel 5a and what's interesting there is that in Google's you know mid-range phone for this year the 5a appears to be a follow-up to the 4a 5g which was the bigger version of the 4a mm. from last year. And it looks like this year, Google is not doing a 4A size phone. They are only doing the bigger 5G model of its mid-range device. So even in that mid-range space, which we kind of suggested is is where there is market for this, away from the power users, more affordable, right there, Google must have looked at sales figures for the two 4A models and said, the bigger one with 5G sold better, that's the one we're doing next year. Because every every leak we've had so far this year suggests that's the only one we're getting. So, sorry. Is is it going to be another situation where the 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 five A is going to be bigger than the the standard six? Uh, like, is the six going to be the small one? Yeah, right. Like, plausibly, we we don't know a lot about the six yet. Though I say that today, John Prosser tweeted uh, threatening Pixel Six leaks in his uh, front page tech video today. For all I know, that's aired while we've been on the show. So there may be Pixel Six info out there right now, uh, and if not, we will have something today. Um, 
but yeah, like, like the the four A five G was bigger than the five. I I expect the the five A five G will be bigger than the six. So Google is going the opposite. They've gone they go small for their flagship and and big in for terms their of success. I wonder whether it was because more that the the four A five G was so closely spec to the five, but cheaper. Rather than it being, you know, that, oh, because it was a bigger, it was the 4A, but bigger. I don't know if that, I, I'm curious if that was the mm -hmm. way around that actually it played out, or whether it was more just it was a cheaper Pixel 5 with similar specs. Mm. Hard to say. Without having an inside track on Google's kind of sales <laughs> figures, we don't know. But. Give us deets, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's this interesting space where we're seeing Asus move into a small phone. Sony kind of keep throwing one out every now and then. Apple dip their toes in the water, but maybe already have given <laughs> up on it. And, and Google seemed to be pulling back from it. And so, it's, you know, went into this kind of trying to like read the tea leaves of like, which way is the, the market going? And it's just, I don't know, Ooh, it's uh. chaos. Like it, some people seem to be throwing money behind small phones and saying, look, there's a market here and it's a niche and we can chase it. And that's clearly the Asus mm -hmm. angle, as, as Adam said, kind of like that LG approach of there's a small niche, maybe we can win by just dominating that niche. Um, but meanwhile, some of the bigger players seem to be deciding it's not worth chasing the niche, I guess. And again, maybe it's a question of scale. It's not worth it for a Google or an Apple, but for an Asus it is. Yeah, this is obviously not the year where this would be the case, but you know, I don't. we're probably only maybe two years away from foldables permeating a lot of different price points. And I think that could be a death knell for small phones because yeah. you know, of the inherent nature of folding a phone in half. Well, yeah, if you if you get you know one of the best phones <laughs> in the world, like the uh, officially Flip, the best phone in the world. You, you, do. <laughs> you know, yeah, but I actually did want to touch on exactly that, um, and I'm glad it was you that brought it up, so no one can accuse Does me. Does Adam of know about your love for the Z Flip? But, by the way, <laughs> must. I mean, it's I, a beautiful I, phone. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I totally get it. I, I am jealous. <laughs> I've never got to use a foldable any yeah. of them yet. So, yeah. Oh. You don't have any of them. Oh. No. Uh -uh. Um, but no, I think that clamshell form factor, the Razer and the Z Flip, um, and that's the one we know Oppo is building a, a clamshell as well. That will totally begin to fill that space for a lot of people because at least from the portability mm -hmm. perspective, it solves half the problem. You don't have a huge slab in in your in your pocket or in your handbag or whatever. Um, it, it is much more compact for carrying. You still have a big screen to use, um, you know, when you actually open the phone to try and use it. It doesn't solve that half. So for a lot of people, that still won't be the answer. Um, I also wonder, uh, this is maybe a last note, but I've always thought this might be a bit of a generational thing. Because I remember my kid sister, who's um, 19 now, she wanted a new iphone at the time that the eights came out so this was a few years back and i reviewed the eight pro uh the, the eight plus i think it was <clears throat> and i just thought this is too big like this is a big phone <laughs> it was sort of at the stage where it's still wide you had the big bezels and like, this phone is enormous this is not good for anyone big bezels uh, yeah. and and i i wasn't a fan of the eight the eight plus at all but then when she turned around and said you know which iphone she wanted she wanted the eight plus and she and I kind of wonder, is that's a big phone? I don't think you're going to enjoy that. And she was like, no, no, you know, use the plus one. She got it. She loved it. And I watched, and it's because her immediate way of picking her phone up is both right. hands. And just straight away, she's like, she grabs a phone with two hands, uses it two-handed. She would never try to use her phone with one hand. It seems like it's never occurred to her that it is a device you might hold and use entirely in one hand. They have, in her mind, always been big screen devices you use two-handed. Um, Interesting. And I, I wonder if there's just going to be a thing where younger people just 
don't care about having one-handed use. As a commuter on public hmm. transport, I cannot commit to a two-handed phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I was say, the flip side of that is this is at the age where sure. she was a school student and hadn't yeah. had to commute properly. <laughs> so that may be the sudden thing that swings around. And she goes, ah, I get this now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, that that is an interesting uh, thing to think about. I, I didn't think about that. I mean, but also... I. I I never had that small phone nostalgia when when sm- phones were small. I yeah. was always just like, oh my god, I can't wait for phones to get <laughs> yeah. bigger. There's a market for bigger phones. Why don't phones get bigger? Steve Jobs says there's not a market, but I promise there's a market. <laughs> Steve Jobs also popularized so, the, yeah. the tablet. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, anyway. Very good point. All right, so uh, I think it's about time to move on. But yeah, there are more small phones. There are simultaneously fewer small phones. I really don't understand yet how it's shaking out, but we're going to see. Um, Let's move on to nothing at all. Uh, Carpay's post OnePlus startup uh, has announced its first product, which uh, is the Nothing Ear One headphones. They are launching in June. And that is all we know. Um, this is a bit of a, if you pardon me, a nothing announcement because they already told us they were <laughs> going to make headphones. They already told us they were going to make true wireless headphones. All we've learned is a name and a one month release window, which is next month. Um, which is, a, a, I guess what interests me is this is just such a one plus marketing <laughs> strategy, which is that kind of like put out a press release every two weeks and reveal one tiny little detail every time um, without giving you anything mm-hmm. kind of meaty to, to grip onto with this. Do you, do you think that the product's going to be invite only? Like it's going to be one of those things that exclusive. <laughs> It'd be mm, interesting to know how much of know. that strategy was Carl Pay. I, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I hadn't know. actually considered that, whether they'd go that OnePlus invite only model. I don't think so. I think from my conversations with with like the, some of the people in the team there, it sounds like they have ambitions to be big from from the get go. Mm. So I feel like they're going to go with a ride release. I guess they can bank on the fact that they already have the OnePlus brand recognition. Kind of, they can kind of yeah. leech off that a little bit uh, for for the techie crowd who follow that stuff. The uh, just kind of catching up on on notes about it, the 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 concept that they've already pushed out of what the headphones might look like they're saying isn't going to be exactly what the final product will be. So I don't know how much it's going to change in terms of, because it's quite an out there aesthetic. Uh, and another thing I've been reading mm. in an interview with, they didn't say who from the team at nothing, but that they are going to downplay the, the, the labeling, the branding on the product. Um, so it's kind of less obtrusive. So oh, really? uh, yeah, I don't know whether it's going to have a clear, um, brand identity just based on design or whether they're going to push the brand like it, it, i'm curious to see how they how they push the nothing aesthetic or the nothing name in their products is what i'm trying to say mm. well the sort of brand missions they put i can read out from the blog post this week where, where they kind of announced the product name i say our mission uh, is to remove barriers between people and technology to create a seamless digital future that looks lives and feels like nothing um, immediately everyone thought that meant transparent tech and they did put out a yes. concept design a month or two ago which is indeed a pair of transparent headphones they have said that's a concept design that is not what the final product is going to look like and they are still teasing what that actual design will be but it's clear that transparency is is 
kind of what they're playing for here and this idea oh. that it will look and feel like nothing. Oh, so well. I lightweight, transparent. I mean, I, for one, we talk about nostalgia with small phones. For me, nostalgia for transparent tech yeah. this is amazing. Yes. Like, I remember, you know, the, the yes. C3 N64 yes. back in the day and stuff like well, that. The, the game, yeah, I was about to say my favorite Game Boy was. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, transparent plastic has gone away. There was a yeah. smartwatch yeah. that so. was transparent. I think only the the CEO had, and they were going to sell it, and then they never got that far. Yep. And there was like I a just, lot of love for why that. Why did it go away? Watch. What like what was so bad about transparent phones? They were, I mean, yeah, I love them. I love the idea, and I'd love to see a, a transparent, you know, pair of transparent true wireless earbuds because I think the miniature tech in those look, would look absolutely amazing. That's it. Yeah, especially if you could see the uh, the drivers and stuff the, like that. Yeah, see all the moving parts and see the drivers going. <laughs> yeah, me, quite cool. if you guys remember the the okay. Mi Eight Explorer Edition is what it was called. Yes, and yep. it had a, a fake. Yes. It had a transparent back yep. with fake microchips all across <laughs> it. Three D physical components like that, mm-hmm. and then they were all kind of covered in text that was actually little Easter eggs and stuff. That's a cool way to kind of yeah. pay homage to transparent tech. If if yeah. nothing made this their thing. And you could tell just by looking at it that it was a, a nothing product. I think that would be pretty cool rather than having the logo. Kind of like the old mm. iMac, the the first one, you know. Yeah, yeah that's uh, also yeah, a good yeah. example. Yeah. What, what, if it's, uh, what if it's active camouflage, like <laughs> a Metal Gear style? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. But I imagine hell for the battery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing to note on this is... Uh, in a way, Carlpay is already trying to lower <laughs> expectations here. And I, I I kind of respect this. It's kind of refreshing. Um, this is the only, I and mean, this isn't a press release, it was a blog post, but it's the only like bit of marketing copy I've read in a long time where someone's talking about their upcoming product and admits that it falls short. Um, but the full quote is, for those hoping for a disappearing act overnight, ear one falls wow. short. And it goes on to say a kind of a vision is not achieved immediately. This is just the start. This is the first small step kind of thing. So they're very kind of open that I guess this this idea of tech that is transparent and looks and feels like nothing. I find it funny they're straight away going, we haven't achieved it. Like this isn't this the one thing you set out to do. <laughs> Whatever you think, this magic thing you think we figured out, we haven't figured it well, out. This ties into I think the conversation we had when we first heard about nothing as a company, which and and that was part of their mission statement. Then uh, is the idea that you know will this serve as the first of a series of products that kind of features wise connect together Voltron style so that once you have all of them you have an incredibly cohesive experience moving from one to the other or pairing them together that just hasn't been achieved by other companies Mm. like I feel like Apple is the closest to this in terms of you know the moment you get AirPods out for the first time you lift the lid Mm -hmm. it just pops up on the phone there's no tapping or anything and it just kind of works like that Uh, yeah Toddy, are you saying that once you have all, you have nothing? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And (laughs) now they're going to steal that for their marketing once they have a whole portfolio of products. Yeah, Uh all all I can think of are just, yeah, the, you know, much ado about Mm -hmm. nothing or Uh, just all the the, the headlines that that we're going to (laughs) see. Misappropriations of quotes just to, yeah, serve the the branding department. Uh I'm not not too sure that they should be saying that this isn't you know this isn't where we want to be and this product isn't going to be quite as good as we'd hoped it would be because you know there are so many products that, are, that we, we we look at on a you know on a daily basis where they're not quite right and you think well if you if you'd waited a little bit longer and figured this out then this could have been a truly great product and i feel like companies need to do that more like they need to be able to be like no this isn't the quality of the standard that we want to give 
to our consumers, the people that are paying, you know, probably a lot of money to get the thing that we're get, we're selling, to then be like, well, we know it wasn't the best, but you can buy the new one next year and that'll be better. It's just, it seems like a slap in the face. I'm to getting like people the red are, phone, the essential phone. These are the products that spring to mind when you say that. Literally. Like, oh, no. oh, the red phone. Oh, well, I, I mean, still have a red tell, phone. Telling with essential, that being the brand that they bought up. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, oh yeah, God, I forgot. I wrote about that. The essential branding. <laughs> so there is, there is a tie there. Um, yeah, I, I think that's especially true, Lewis, factoring in the fact that they're starting with headphones. And it's worth saying they're not going to be an audio company. They're going to be a broader tech company. They're just starting with headphones. And they again, Carpe addresses this in this blog post. And he kind of says, uh, why have we picked headphones? They say, he says that it's the market was begging for differentiation, a space we can elevate design and deliver value, and also sings it out as an area of hyper growth. Um, I think specifically talking about true yeah. wireless earbuds, which is you know, growing phenomenally fast year on year. That's very true. The flip side of that is it's hugely mm-hmm. competitive. Um, you know, we obviously review a lot of tech. I don't think there's any tech category we get offered to review anywhere near as much as true yeah. wireless earbuds yeah. right now. Yeah. We get offered a new pair to review every week. Um, I don't even review, way more than we can cover. Yeah, I don't even review true, true wireless earbuds. I still <laughs> sure <laughs> right there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a cupboard full of yeah. true wireless earbuds. It's wild how many of these are being thrown out into the market because. You get every audio company has true wireless earbuds. Every phone company has true wireless earbuds. Every accessory company makes true wireless earbuds. And then there's other companies that have popped up just to make true wireless earbuds. There's this hugely competitive space where they've gotten very good Mm. very fast. Um, And that's a really hard market to go into as a a new brand. And especially if what you're coming out from the get-go is saying, we haven't quite (laughs) figured it out yet, but, you know, bear with us. No, I'm not. Why? That's really yeah. good ones over there. Why should I bear with you? Can I go get me AirPods? Especially when they're when they're saying they're they're focusing on design and value. Uh, mm. Usually, really well designed does not mean really mm. good value. Yeah. <laughs> Mutually exclusive. So maybe they're saying a good value for a good design, or are you saying a or good design for the value? Like, yeah. Well, the flip side is go... they're talking about design and value, but not audio quality. <laughs> the most sure, important maybe part. That's where the saving has been made. <laughs> they sound like absolute. But they look oh, great. Wait, so the beats. I mean, we'll see. They're, they're just beats. <laughs> oh, okay. <I> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, they're, they're apparently going to launch in June, so we will know more soon enough. Hopefully, we'll hopefully get an actual look at them and get to test them out and see we'll if know they can them. And we'll, we'll hear nothing soon. Yeah. The, <laughs> it is worth flagging. OnePlus has had a pretty good track record on headphones itself. Obviously, very difficult to say how much of that is going to carry across how involved Coldplay ever was with any of that stuff. But, you know, the OnePlus headphones have already been good. So if, you, if you're trying to latch onto the OnePlus pedigree when you're looking at, at nothing, like... They did pretty well when they pivoted to to headphone accessories. And uh, yeah, who did they um, partner with for those? Uh, I can't remember who OnePlus partnered with for their their for the actual buds, audio engineering they? of it. Did, yeah, yeah, I thought oh, like, I don't know, was it Audio Technica. Sure. I, mm, I, I, I thought they had partnered with a a larger audio. Well, I mean, one thing I haven't read is about. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, they haven't made all of their hires public, but I haven't read anything about. Uh, nothing approaching any kind of established audio engineers or, or anything like that in this process. No. So we don't know where that, the audio side of things is coming from. Yeah, they've, they've been open that they're working with the Swedish company Teenage yes. Engineering on yes. design. And they do do some audio products, but it's purely been pitched as they are doing the design, um, I think, from an aesthetic standpoint, not from an audio standpoint. 
Um, but yeah, no mention of an actual audio partnership here so far. Yeah. Hasselblad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hasselblad headphones. So I won't buy them. Uh, First headphones and on as the said, We think they're building towards uh, some sort of ecosystem. We don't know what. They bought the Essential Phone branding, so everyone's kind of waiting to see if there's going to be a nothing phone at some point. Because if you're trying to build an ecosystem these days, you yep. kind of need a phone at the heart of it, because that is the hub of everyone's tech life. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. We don't know what else is going to come from here. Um, I, I tried to get them to tell me. I spoke to some people from Nothing a few weeks ago and tried to tease out of them what number two might be and whether they were going to double down on audio for a bit or, or immediately pivot away. Um, I, I did not get very far. Um, but... Yeah, we're going to see more from them. Um, and I think the other note is, is one that's worth flagging on release area stuff. Obviously, Carl Pei is Chinese, but he's actually Chinese-Swedish, and um, nothing is based primarily in Stockholm, I think. So they are going to be going big on Europe, and they've been open that they're, they're pitching for a European launch. But they were a little more cagey on the US as a market they might be trying to hit, and there was a little more hesitance to the idea that they were about to launch in the US. So nothing's been confirmed. Uh, um, so we don't know for sure, but I would, I wouldn't be confident you're about to be able to buy these things in the states next month. But we'll see. They may yet surprise us. Buy nothing in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for nothing here in the U.S. We can just, we can just do a whole podcast. Anybody, yeah. anybody got any more I mean, to rattle through of the before we wrap we have, up? We like using going, Monday.com and abbreviating that to Monday. Like there are some major issues with branding of things with words like this. <laughs> three <laughs> nothing monday well now tv is now now yeah <laughs> great mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably a great way to get news coverage you just uh win over all the bored news writers who spot the chance to throw some silly jokes yeah. into their headline and say yeah i'll write up that because you know i'll write about I've nothing. Joke in my head <laughs> i'm great at writing write about, about nothing, nothing all the time <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm calling it. That is enough. We are done. Uh, that is the end of this week's episode. Yes. Thank you for nothing, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week um, to. I can't even think what's going to have launched by stuff. this time next week. Um, so we'll talk about some stuff. Phones, probably. Oh, uh, the new company. I stuff. had the. Good, yeah. yeah. I've got the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra here. That turned up today, so we may have a uh, review of that with my thoughts on that, depending on what else comes out in the meantime. But yeah, come back next week. We will uh, be here talking about nonsense oh, we will. all over again. Uh, thank you to Toddy and Alex, as Toddy and Alex, Toddy and Lewis, as ever. Uh, and special thanks, as always, to Adam for waking up bright and early to join I, us on the show. I'm glad I could contribute nothing to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. no. <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys.